Welcome to Beer Me. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. Every episode, I will have a different guest on the show to discuss different parts of the beer world, from brewers to importers, educators. This will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. Whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So I'm very excited about my next guest. This show itself is kind of built around a kind of fringe topic within beer. You know, over the past couple of episodes, we've gotten nerdy with with malt, with hops. Um, But today we are going to talk uh, about one of my favorite topics, uh, which is marketing and guest experience. Uh, So I would love to welcome to the show Adam Sorma. He is the head of marketing and guest experience for Trace uh, Brewing in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, totally. Happy to. How are you doing, Sarah? I am great. Thank you. Uh, so Trace Brewing uh, has not been open for a very long time. So I'm assuming that you have been doing other great, wonderful things in the world before you uh, found your way to Trace. So would you give the listeners a little bit of a snapshot in your background? Yeah, happy to. Yeah. So I, yeah, Trace has only been open about a year and a half, so that's correct. Uh, we're kind of, kind of younger. Um, yeah, before beer and before, you know, really all of this, I, I grew up near Akron, Canton, Ohio. I uh, went to Ohio University, studied like journalism, studied, you know, French, did all of that. Took on various like internships, trying to just find my find my way, you know, figure out what I wanted to do. I uh, moved to Pittsburgh uh, 10 years ago. I moved to Pittsburgh in 2012, started um working in various uh, ad agencies, marketing roles. Uh, I took on a a really, really fun job as a beer tour guide. Um, That was at the end of 16, early 17. A buddy of mine bought a decommissioned school bus, made it into a craft beer tour experience. Uh, That was really fun to uh, give a beer tour. A lot of our guests would hop on the bus, get a flight of samples, and then a tour of the back to show how the beer was made. And then that led to another job, which was at our local TV station. Um, So I was a beer columnist covering food and beer and coffee uh, for a digital project called Very Local. Uh, That was super fun. Uh, Did that for about two years. And then really at the tail end of that was when um, Trace was getting started. And that led to the the marketing role uh, at Trace, which I sort of officially accepted as we opened, which was the beginning of twenty one. So before actually before we get into what you do right now, um, I am very much intrigued by this beer tour. So it was on an old school bus. Was it kind of like a trail, like you did a collection of breweries, or? Yeah, the way it worked was we uh, at that time. Now the scene in Pittsburgh has grown quite a bit, which is really fun. At that time, in our portfolio, we had about 23, 24 breweries total. We would pick three every weekend. So your experience would be like, you get three stops. Um, The way we built the routes was, like you said, primarily geographically, what's close together, you know, maximize brewery time, minimize bus time, but also because of things like football and baseball and sports and things happening, you know, there are all kinds of road closures and traffic issues. So we would actually redesign the routes to be optimized against what was happening in the city. Just seasonally speaking, fall is kind of busy here. So yeah, a lot of guests would take the tour, take a few weeks off and actually take the tour again because we would actually pick a different, you know, Eastern loop or a Southern loop or like a city loop and uh, take folks to three breweries that we would pick. Um, Or if you wanted to pay extra, you could book a private tour and tell us where you wanted to go and pick your favorite stops. 
Nice. That's awesome. I think in the past or maybe years ago, uh, we've done a show um, on beer tours. Uh, so we'll definitely have to shout that out. But um, so currently uh, what you do at Trace Brewing, can you kind of describe exactly what you work on? Because honestly, like marketing and guest experience can cover all nature of sins and it's different for, for every organization. So if you could kind of guide the listeners through what exactly are kind of things that you work on. Yeah, happy to. I mean, the, the main kind of, you know, blocking and tackling the day-to-day work uh, that I work on is our social. So Trace kind of uses, I would say pretty much three social channels primarily, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, I'm kind of taking care of content distribution across all three channels, our website, our menu, our Google and Yelp, you know, any of those other digital channels. The digital sphere of my work is the biggest part of it. Um, On top of that, on top of the kind of the actual, you know, trace speaking to people marketing, the other part of it is, you know, booking food trucks, booking events, helping to book some DJs and programs. I think that a lot of the uh, trace experience, because we're half brewery, half coffee shop, and we host a lot of events, the marketing part of it can kind of uh, bleed into other areas. So I work very closely with Katie. She's our general manager. And Katie and I uh, work pretty closely together when we say, hey, you know, we'd love to have a, uh, you know, like a drag queen brunch event or a hip hop trap uh, concert event or a, or a DJ event. We'll kind of come up with the concept and then she'll kind of bang through some of the tasks like you know, who's getting paid, running sound, equipment, all the rentals. And then I'm running through all the digital side of it with marketing, photography, flyers, communication, talking to the press. So really the marketing, you're right. It kind of does touch everything. But what I don't do is make mm-hmm. beer. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> I'm very clear about that. I, I'm not a brewer. I've never brewed. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't barista or really touch the coffee side. I love coffee. I love mm-hmm. beer. But I'm there to mostly... Uh, make the tweets. Uh, I'm not making the actual product, but yeah, that, that's that's the bulk of my day to day is just keeping all of our our digital up to speed. Yeah, I'm a, a horrifically bad barista, like in, in 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 every capacity. I can't pull a decent shot to save my life. Um, <laughs> but so I want to dive into a little bit on the digital sphere side um, and what that looks like. I think for a lot of uh, breweries and a lot of people that have to take on, if you're a business that exists, you need to exist in the digital world. Um, It is a massive, for the most part, free way to connect with your guests and you know, for, for all purposes, this is, this is your welcome, Matt. This is usually the first thing that people experience when they experience your brand. It's usually online, it's your website, it's your social. And, you know, that being said, you know, this is clearly something that you come to the table with a lot of experience, which isn't always the case uh, when somebody is managing a brand, uh, especially in the brewing world. So what are some big pillars that you focus on when you're trying to manage you're welcome Matt yeah that, that's a great question I think that it's funny that you use the word pillars because that's exactly the word I would use to describe like a content strategy um, I think that so if I think about it just like as Adam and I think about the marketing day-to-day I 
feel much more comfortable. If I think about it as like you have one half, which is content production, taking photos, making designs, making graphics, making illustrations, making videos, that's content production. Then you have content distribution, which is actually the day-to-day posting and uh, coming up with the plan and the strategy and executing against what you're doing on whatever channel you prefer. You know, a lot of folks love TikTok. I've literally never used TikTok and I don't plan on it. And if that's your content distribution platform, then you will optimize against that. But for us, like, I, I think that, um, you know, working with, we have a couple of photographers that we work with pretty regularly. One is on a monthly retainer. The other we pay, you know, per project, like an hourly or half day rate. And then we have a couple of graphic designers. One is focused more on the, um, the, can art, bottle art, and the actual labels. And the others focus primarily on illustrations for our um, events, because I think that, I think those are super eye-catching and, and visually easy to tell a story through graphics um, that would be way better than I could make through words. But like, those are the two lanes, the content production and content distribution. And as I oversee that, the pillars that I kind of flow through would be stuff like the space, the neighborhood, the beverage, the guests, the dogs, the food trucks, the events, uh, any, any of our partners and vendors. I think about those pillars um, as basically opportunities to give love against each of those themes or, or content pillars. And so typically most breweries, what you're most proud of is your beer. And that's totally cool. I think that like, if you're a brewery, you're a head brewer, you come from home brewing and you're proud of your lager, your IPA, your stouts, your sours, you want to give that love. And that's 100% um, a bona fide strategy. At Trace, the funny thing is I've been telling folks that the beer can take a back seat. And that's by no means like any kind of an insult to Zach. Our head brewer is the best brewer, I think, in the area. He's amazing. Uh, the beer that we produce is awesome. We just have so much other stuff going on, especially with our focus on the uh, the gay and queer community and the black community. The fact that we're right in the dead center of Pittsburgh puts us at a lot of touch points for these different communities. So for those folks who come to Trace who don't usually go to other breweries, if we were to put the beverage or the product forward on digital from a content perspective, I don't know that it would hit. Uh, I think that we have great stuff. I love the beer that we produce, but what you would kind of experience from a content pillar or like a day-to-day strategy for me is honestly going to be mostly around the stuff happening in our space and, um, just giving lots of love to our partners and vendors and the community partners and, and the things that are happening that live adjacent to the actual beer. That's a very long answer, but that's kind of where my head's at with like content is, uh, you know, I, I wish I wish I had more bandwidth or I wish I had a clone of myself to focus on the beer. But, um, you know, as, as we rip through each recipe, it's 10, 20 barrel, 20 barrel batch, you know, draft service cans, like all that is like day to day brewery 101. But for Trace, really what I'm focused on a lot more of is providing that experience to folks who come in, just walk in off the street. We're open seven days a week at 8 a.m. And there's always something happening because it's a very programmed space. We generally have an event every day. So I work every day. And that's it's just like um, it's hard to kind of uh, create time basically for me to individually give love to each brand as we produce them. We, I, de- I definitely have that in my in my mind. I'm thinking about it, but I think that as, as we get folks in the door, the beer is so good that it will sell itself. Uh, I will give it an added lift or boost, but the bulk of what I need to do is just let folks know what's going on in our space.
you know, while you were talking, my mind was kind of immediately racing through different images I've seen on Instagram from different breweries. And I feel like there's like a formula that everybody follows, right? As far as like, you see the shot of like the bottle or the can right next to, you know, the glass that it's supposed to be in and the beer is poured or they're pouring the beer or there's like some kind of shot of like production happening where they're like zooming into like the mash tun and everything gets fogged up. Like this, this imagery is, is stuff that you just see over and over and over and like you know, the more I think about it, the more, I mean, unless the can art or the bottle art is compelling, it doesn't really tell a story. The only story that it tells is this is beer we make, um, which is what you should be doing because you're a brewery. Right. Um, and I feel like that's just like a entry level, like, okay, you've checked the box kind of thing. Um, and you know, what you're describing kind of reaching out into the community and getting any kind of community community engagement like majority of a community doesn't necessarily nerd out over your you know specific german malt that you sourced for this very special lager so you have to engage with them in some other way because at the end of the day you are a business you're not just you're not just a brewery um so it's it's really interesting that you're you know kind of bringing up these points and then all of a sudden my mind is just kind of flashing through these like cookie cutter images that I've seen over and over and over again. What are some, you know, that being said, what are some videos or photos that have really kind of stood out or if there are certain collections or, or topics, like you'd mentioned like dogs, you know what I mean? I feel like anytime a person or a dog is featured in a photo as it relates to a brewery, it automatically gets more engagement. Or has that not been your experience? For sure. Yeah. I, I think that there, there have been some changes in the algorithms, but yeah, absolutely. People like seeing people. People generally do, if they like dogs, they, they really like dogs. We are a, a dog-friendly space. Uh, yeah. I, I would say, you know, one of the challenges for me has been, as I work with our photographers, generally I'm creating the shot list and I'm, I'm actually there. So I end up in quite a bit of the photos, which I don't mind, but I, I want to give more and love. you're so photogenic, you know, so. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. It doesn't bother me. I, I'm not ever like upset with being in a photo, but I wanted to give love to others who do want to be in photos, particularly my staff. So that's been something I've been working on a lot more just the last few months with trying to diversify that a little bit. Um, you know, I think that if you're a guest who comes in, you sit at our bar, you grab a table and you're being served by the front of house bartenders, showing them and giving them some love or giving a fun fact about them, you know, on our social, on our website, um, a lot of them come from backgrounds in, uh, in fact, not a single person on the Trace team came from beer except for our brewer, Zach. Those are honestly my favorite kind of hires. Seriously. It's, it's wild. They are, they're all <laughs> ceramic artists, visual artists. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they have these really, really lovely hobbies. Not even hobbies, really. They're, they're full-on side hustles that they're earning income from. You know, Kara, one of our bartenders, did a full residency in Sedona in Arizona as a ceramic artist resident at the um, at the Southwestern Museum, and, and you know, lovely work. And then, like Atia, one of our other bartenders, just unveiled her first ever solo show, and uh, she does a lot of paint on glass and uh, and visual illustration and art. And it was awesome. For a, some of the staff, actually went to her opening. And, you know, you see the way that these folks think and they approach their day to day. And if I, if I can share that as part of our story at Trace, you know, on social, I think that um, a lot of breweries 
generally hire from food and beverage or fine dining or just other breweries, which 100% makes sense because they're going to come in locked in with like hops, malt, water, and just understand, you know, service and the, and the different um, brewery touch points and how to talk about beer to guests. But the experience at Trace is like completely different because we haven't really hired anyone that came from beer except for Charlie and Zach. Uh, Charlie's our senior brewer from Upland in Indiana. And then Zach came to us from Strange Roots here in Pittsburgh. And he's our head brewer. Um, besides that, uh, no one else worked at a brewery uh, b- before starting at Trace. I, I, I like when I said when I when I love those hires, those are my favorite kind of hires. I mean, when, you know, years ago when I ran a beer bar, I mean hiring people who did not come from restaurants, who did not come from beer, were some of my favorite people. Um, You know, I was spoiled. I was in D.C., so a lot of these people were, you know, waiting for security clearance so they could get their job with the State Department or, you know, working on the Hill or something like that. But you ended up with these really kind of fun, uh, exciting, kind of well-rounded people who would be able to engage with the guests a little bit more and, also, the way they would, you know, describe beer or the way they would describe something would be different. It, it wouldn't be quite as cookie cutter as you get with somebody who's just been in restaurants all their lives. So that's that's awesome that you're able to kind of provide that experience. Have you have you done a like maybe like a art show of just like staff artwork or something like that, like at the brewery or? And that's a great question. We definitely have uh, showcased a lot of art in the space, a ton. We have a rotating live live art series every other Thursday that's curated by a few other artists who are bringing in artists to do, you know, live, whether it's painting on an easel or whether it's they plug in with an HDMI, going through an iPad and just do a live digital experience that we do on the drop-down projector. Uh, as far as our in-house artists, for sure, like Atia designed all the uh, windows in our cool ship room. So we, we have an open ferment vessel, a cool ship. And so in the cool ship room, it's all pine wood, except for three windows that she does uh, paint on glass. And the way that works is every November, she'll wipe it and do the next year's design. So she did like her 2021, her 2022. And then this fall, she'll do her 2023 design. And then that makes its way onto the labels out of the open fermented beer that we do in the cool ship. So that that's called our untraceable series. And that series kind of spawned out of just building a relationship with her. Um, we have our staff mugs, which are funny. They're just these like big ceramic mugs that Kara made because she's a ceramic artist. And then Kyle, who was our vocational brewer and is now in the front of house, he actually has even named a couple of beers and loves to like sketch and draw. And that's been really fun to tell guests like, oh yeah, like that, that beer you're having, Kyle named that one because Zach had like writer's block and we had the recipe, we had the hops, we had the flavor profile. Um, it, it just needed a name and Kyle came up with some stuff that's really stuck. So it's fun to like incorporate some of the uh, staff's outside experience into the day-to-day at Trace. But uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's quirky and it's funny and they're very interesting folks. Um, and that's kind of part of just what makes, it makes it work like in our tap room. Um, you know, there's no like, pre-existing biases or anything coming from beer. There's also a very interesting sense of like obliviousness. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but if there's gossip or drama happening in craft beer, a lot of our staff is completely living in a different realm. So I'll see it on digital, but then no one else will. And I'm like, well, that's fine. I don't need to like gossip or share it. It's just funny that our staff is just like, doo doo just living in our own realm. <laughs> that's awesome. 
So aside from kind of building content and sharing content, there's a lot of engagement that you have to do in the digital space. You know, you mentioned like, yeah, the craft beer world can be pretty cantankerous online, especially on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm assuming you you probably stay out of most of that, but what are some what are just some general advice that you have um, for engaging in the digital space? Because, like personally, like I find it so intimidating to engage in the digital space that like this podcast doesn't have a Twitter. Like that's how that's how intimidating it is for me. So, what are what are some kind of general rules of golden rules that you have for engagement? Yeah, I would say that's a good question. I, I think it just comes back to like brand. You know, it's okay to say who you are and to say who you're not. Uh, it's okay to have a consistent aesthetic and to kind of come up with kind of those those pillars or those brand tenants or facets that you start with. Because what will happen is you'll start to attract a tribe off the bat that will engage with you. And as you kind of build those core followers, you know, whether they're your brand advocates or your cheerleaders, the folks who just really, really love you, um, they will tend to share content that makes them feel a certain way, hit their audiences, and, and then it'll kind of grow from there. I think that it's very okay. One thing I've learned in the last few years is to, um, you know, be okay with like experimenting. I think in the past I've been very strict about brand, you know, saying that a brand is like a promise that you keep on keeping. You'll hear that a lot as you watch brands, um, you know, engage on digital and kind of roll out their storytelling or their strategy. I think that both for Trace and just for me in particular, uh, I'm very okay with the uh, experimenting now after learning that like, that's okay. Try something out, see if it works, see if it doesn't work. Um, I also think that like, it, it's really very, very okay to give your brand a voice. Uh, no one wants a corporate PR response. Nobody, Nobody's hanging out on Twitter or Instagram trying to be told, hi, thank you for reaching out to us. You know, like just, you can be okay giving your brand a voice, you know, where it's appropriate and where it fits within your overall brand strategy. I think that for Trace, as 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 it's grown and as people kind of know, you know, who the person is behind it, which is me, I think that uh, there tends to be a little bit more of a general conversational flow rather than a more of a this kind of pointed response that you feel has to fit, you know, a certain mold. Um, I really embrace brands that have uh, very, very great use of voice. I, I've been completely enamored by Liquid Death in 2022. The water brand, their their expression of brand, I think, is the most effective and probably the most unique brand storytelling I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, I'm very inspired by them. I think that they make it so like it, it looks like it's a huge joke, but you can tell it's very, very calculated. Like the work that they're doing to promote literally water is like something out of like a fictional tale. I mean, it's it's really good stuff. And if you see brands that you admire, that you like, just kind of pay attention to them because a lot of marketing is just taking something and, and revising and editing it. Um, I know that they don't do beer, but yeah, Liquid Death comes to mind because I just, I, I see their shit and I'm just like, this is so, so non-conventional and, uh, and forward thinking, to be honest, to, to, you know, to capture this audience of folks that's going to be, talking about aluminum canned water, you know what I mean? And it's, I mean, it is amazing water. Like yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> you taste yeah. it, you taste it next to, to other waters. You're like, wow, this is like a, this is like a really good quality water that just doesn't take itself too seriously. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and it's just part of their whole, I think it's their voice and their tone, the way that they kind of speak and the way that they put together their copy. And that's kind of, I don't think we're quite there. We're not maybe that edgy, but I definitely think that it's okay to express a little bit of, a little bit of opinion and voice and tone. Um, that, that would just be my advice. I don't know that it's the best advice. I'm just kind of doing what feels right, but. No, no, you're an expert. It's the best advice. Yeah. We're just gonna, (laughs) we're just gonna run with that. (laughs) Um, now I also want to touch on the, um, amount of work that goes into the content production. I mean, I know you have photographers, but you'd also mentioned that you work with really great graphic designers. And I will say like the, the work is beautiful, like, and everything I've seen on like social and, and the branding that you all have is, is gorgeous. But, um, I think a lot of, I think a lot of times there isn't as much thought put into how important that is and, you know, how, how hard it is to really find a graphic designer that really gets your vision consistently. Um, so do you have any kind of tips on like, you know, what to look for or, you know, what, what you kind of seek out? Yeah. I mean, I I think that if you're pretty like lockstep with them, you know, from just like a foundational principle perspective, like grab a cup of coffee with this person. If it's a cold call, try to get to know them and understand what they're motivated by with the work that they like to work on. Um, you know, we actually had somebody, somebody who I've followed for years on social, uh, her name is Ashley and, and her illustration work is lovely. And she does a ton of stuff for various brands around town that I've followed for a while. And I, I never thought to reach out to her for trace. And then she had tweeted, man, it'd be so cool if, if a brewery would bring me on to do some graphic design work. And I didn't, I missed that tweet. And a friend of mine forwarded it to me and said, hey, you know, if you have any extra budget, Ashley's actually looking to do design work within the beer industry, especially here in Pittsburgh. And so I reached out to her and we got a cup of coffee and she was like, yeah, she was like, I definitely have bandwidth and I, I'm, you know, interested in learning about beer and doing beer stuff. And so it was kind of like, awesome. Like, Let's just talk about your hourly rate. Here's the kind of work that's going to be coming in. And now she's cranking out flyers and different, you know, event-related graphics for us. I just really love her use of color, her originality, how clean and, like, simple and and easy to digest her work is. Sometimes with events, because we have, like, you know, DJ, food truck, shout-out to sponsor, shout-out to this and that. It can get very, very busy. And if you have a busy flyer, like, that is such a turnoff. I, I know I'm turned off by that, but if you can visually tell a story pretty quickly in a clean way and decide what's going to live in the asset and what's going to live in the caption copy, we have such a good working um, relationship because I can send her kind of like a word dump from my mind. Like, here's kind of what I'm thinking for this event concept. And she'll say, all right, cool. I think that like, this is how we're going to position it to keep it clean. Let's throw the other stuff in the caption copy or just leave it off because people can just show up and figure it out. Um, it, it's super helpful for me to, to see the way that she thinks and, uh, for her to also work within my limitations of like, I come from copy. So I just want to like write and write and write. And sometimes that's just like way too much. So yeah, I would say just like, you know, if you're like local to like a certain area, try to hire local. If you can hire someone that's like a woman or a person of color, it helps diversify it a bit. But for the work that we're working on, yeah, visually speaking with photo and design, I'm super, super lucky and happy to work with Julie and Ashley. Julie was someone who came to us. I've worked with Julie for about six years. She's our photographer and she's on a monthly retainer. She came from coffee and uh, she knows coffee like the back of her hand. She loves 
uh, making coffee, shooting photos of coffee. She and her fiance own a coffee shop. Um, she's very, very coffee. And so when I saw how special her, her work was there and we brought her the beer, uh, she's learned and grown so much. And now she has two or three more clients in beer and in, in the food truck kind of realm that have spawned out from doing work for Trace. But um, yeah, I just, I, I love how professional she is, her use of light, her creativity and how agile and nimble she is. When I thought about when we first started working with Julie, and we were just talking about our Lightroom presets and kind of the, the color and the aesthetic and the tone of what we wanted to express. She's taken that and, and, and made some tweaks and, and helped us along the way with figuring out the way that the Trace kind of brand looks, like visually speaking. And um, yeah, I just, I, I just like to not micromanage and let them kind of do their thing. Well, we are coming to the end of our show here. Do you have any uh, parting words of wisdom or any uh, exciting anything coming up? Or I mean, if they're in Pittsburgh, yeah, we have a couple of pop-ups happening through the fall. September is going to mm-hmm. be our busiest month. Uh, we're, we just launched our pop-up in Aspenwall at a little shipping container restaurant called Farmer Baker. So that's happening every Friday from 5 to 9. And then we're launching another pop-up this Friday on September 9th in Oakland at the Pittsburgh Athletic Association. So that's going to be right in the heart of Oakland at Bigelow and 5th on the University of Pittsburgh campus. So that's called The Last Light. And The Last Light will be a pop-up that we're going to run through November 1. Yeah, working on our second space. We're, We're looking at opening a second tap room in early 2023. That's also going to be in Pittsburgh. So just some growth on the horizon. And I'm really excited to maybe be uh, basically growing my team. I'm finally, I've been given some uh, budget and permission to bring on a second marketing person, which is super exciting because we're interviewing that person uh, later this week. And if they accept the offer, um, that'd be really, really rad to get to kind of share who this person is, uh, where they come from and have a little bit more firepower in my arsenal because I feel kind of stretched thin. And I you know, was thinking, man, it'd be really great if I could have a little bit more marketing help because of how much of a focus that is for Trace and for our brand. So yeah, just stuff to keep an eye out on. But otherwise, we're just kind of hanging out. <laughs> nice. Well, um, definitely let us know if, if that person works out and uh, give them a shout out on our, on our post for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Well, Adam, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And listeners, if you are ever in Pittsburgh, first off, Pittsburgh is just like a really cool, fun city. So just like check it out if you're on the East Coast. It's it's super underrated and and awesome. But definitely check out Trace Brewing. Um, So this has been another episode of Beer Me. Like, subscribe, give all the stars wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, reach out at Beer Me Radio on Instagram or beermeradio at gmail.com. Otherwise, we will catch you next time. Cheers. Cheers.